Hello everybody, before we jump into the show today, I just wanted to say that this episode is brought to you by Shy City Shogun. Currently he's pledged on our Patreon page and helping support the show. If you too would like to pledge to our Patreon and get a bunch of sweet rewards, head over to patreon.com forward slash backlash podcast. Thank you so much, let's dive in. One second, I'm gonna sneeze. Okay. <laughs> There's no mute button. Yeah, that's fine. So I have to like open I... Discord. Well, f***ing sneeze already. I, I want to get this on. Okay, on just camera. go. It's it's not coming. <laughs> what? What the? the... F I was so excited for sneeze your sneeze. You're like, it's it's there and then it just stops. Did was somebody yelling pineapple at you the whole time? Apparently, if you say pineapple a whole bunch, it's you. I don't know. Somebody told me like if you're about to sneeze and you don't want to sneeze, just say pineapple. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like bull. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get started. I'm bringing us in. Yep. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Backlash CCG Podcast. My name is Tim, otherwise known as T-Chamber5 on the ladder in Eternal. And with me, as always, is the three most dangerous letters in Eternal, Notorious GHP. How are you doing, big guy? What are you, what are you up to? What's going on? Big guy. Big guy. Can someone I mean, pin that somewhere? Yeah, you're actually, you're not very big, are you? You're I'm like, like five foot five, a hundred and like five pounds. 105 pounds? Jesus. Yeah, Do they not have food in Canada? Well, you see, where I, I'm specifically in Newfoundland, where, like, I'm disconnected, like, we're on an island, and so... I refuse to believe only... that this place exists. Go on. There's 500,000 people. I, um, yeah, that's, you know, that could, you could have said any number and I wouldn't believe you. Are we in, you know, we're in Canada, which doesn't have some of the same things as, like, the U.S., but we specifically don't get things here on this island, so there's no Taco Bell. Oh, well, yeah, so what's the point of even eating if you can't eat Taco Bell? You you nailed it! So you see where the problem is. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I could have Taco Bell. Oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm not going to dive into that topic. Taco Bell's trash. Moving on. I had it uh, once. Yeah. yeah, well, it's... Yeah, and now you've just, you've just been, like, salivating the entire time since. Well, okay, I went to... When I was in... Toronto for the first RPTQ I played. The person I was traveling with, uh, he had had it before, and he really like I wanted to try it, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, tacos are my jam, and uh, it was like it was fine, but it really it didn't meet my expectations. Yeah, honestly. it's there's a lot of like I see this on the the MTG Twitter a lot. Is like <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like I love Taco Bell so much, and I'm like yeah. what like. And granted, I like I worked in fine dining restaurants for years, so it's like I have a very skewed and snobby perspective of Taco Bell, but that is <laughs> that is neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what though, GHP, I've been ripping out spines all week. I've been playing I've been playing Mortal Kombat. I, I just got a switch, so uh, I'll I'll be I'll be I'll have the baby on me with a little baby carrier while she's taking a nap, and I'll just be just be like destroying people and ripping off faces, and. Uh, you know what? I, you know where I didn't rip off faces, though. I think we. I think we both have this problem. Neither of us too. ripped off any faces in. 
in the ranked masters challenge <laughs> so both of us got qualified uh and we actually both did like we both did really well i was we missed on breakers yeah exactly so we both went seven and five um and i think in the top 64 there were 20 people that made it in on seven and five um 20 I, I think so i think there were a lot there were at least like 10 or 15 there were I, there were like, I saw it close my client when it was over, and I checked after and I saw I was 66th. Yeah, oh, yikes. Did, did you, you made it in at 66th? No, I didn't make it. No, the, no, no, but you, you finished at 66th? Yeah. Oh, gross. I finished, like, so I made it in, or I finished my games, uh, which it, it's funny because everybody was like, I don't know if you can play Hoover Control in three <laughs> hours, and I was like, yeah, yeah, right, like, watch me, watch me. So I played twelve games of Hoover Control. Um, I uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but like I absolutely punted a game, and I could have been eight and four. I literally uninstalled Eternal after, and I you know I've since reinstalled, and I'm doing a podcast about it. So you know it's like I'm not you know I'm not still salty about it, but it was it was a rough rough like twenty four hours for me. Um, but yeah, I, I finished the the 12 games, and I was at rank 39 or 40, and I was like, well, like, fingers crossed, I guess, and I think you were 10 ranks ahead of me at the time, like, we both finished around the same time, and uh, I was like, I'm just like, forget it, I'm like, closing yeah. my client, and I, I actually, I went to the gym, and of course, while I was at the gym, I opened my clients, and I was like, better check, and I, like, I was at rank 60 or something and this was with like half an hour left or no i guess it was at rank 50 something with half an hour left and i was like oh wow i might actually make it and then i i dropped i finished at rank 90 like i dropped 40 ranks in half an hour so and, and at the end of, at the end of the day it's not a big deal and i'm sure that it's like a kosher way of calculating breakers but i just wish that they'd tell us and give us more information like i don't know maybe maybe all of my opponents just scrubbed out like i know one of my opponents made the top 64 um uh, Tangelos actually, uh, they were playing an even-handed Golem deck, uh, and I think they went on to make top thirty-two. So, congrats to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, can I stop you? Yeah, yeah. Go um, ahead. We actually do know how breakers work. Oh, do we? Really? Yeah, I'm gonna make you real sad. Okay, brace yourself. Okay. Your breakers are your opponent's win or record at the time you played them. Oh, uh, so, so so somebody could go O two into ten O and finish ten and two, but since I if you played them at O two, then you'd have worse breakers. Yeah, so if it's really oh, dumb God. because you know I play the guy when he go when he's at you know nine and two right, playing his last game, and you play yeah. him at O and two, and yeah, for I would actually so get we way could more have breakers. we could have wildly different breakers. Yeah, that's a garbage system if you ask me. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really bad, and that's why like I know we talked about it last week, and I know we're gonna talk about it again, but unlike the draft master challenge, where this one there was no like tiebreaker games, it felt real bad. I understand why they would do it in the in the draft masters. There's a lot more variance in those formats, so there's less feel bads if you do breakers. Um, but also, like, why don't if you're just playing twelve games, there's going to be a bunch of people with this with the same record. Exactly. Um, and it was it was such a competitive field that seven and five is like that's I felt like I like I was happy except for the one game which I completely punted, and then there was one other game where I was like 
uh, like I had some tough decisions and I was like, maybe I should have made those other things, but you know, hindsight or whatever. But like, I felt pretty good about how I played and I just wish that instead of going like, well, I'll never know if I'm as good as these other people. Like I, I wish that they had, you know, said, okay, here's, you finished your games, uh, but you're tied with all these other people. So play, play five more games or whatever. Um, and if you run out of time, then, you know, you can count, you can count the breakers you didn't play as a loss or whatever, right? Like, I just wish, I just wish they had done things differently because I feel, and I know a lot of other people feel this way too, like, I feel like I've been slighted a little bit. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go and say that, oh, like, I deserve to be in the top 64 over, like, Tangelos who beat me and had the same record. But, like, I'm saying, like, I wish that... I feel like I don't have closure, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like I got so, so close, and then just, it just didn't happen, so, I don't know. Right, this is, yeah, this was the second last qualifier, so the vast majority of people are done right now um, with qualifications, they're just wondering, you know, is there going to be another Worlds, etc.? Yeah, well, and that's, that's the other thing, too, is people, um, you know, we don't know anything about next season, so, it, it I don't know, and worst case scenario that i just channel my some of my competitive energy into the ets and like play in some more of those in the coming months or whatever but um yeah it's just it's kind of a feel bad and you know there's i'm sure it's a catch-22 and if direwolf digital like did did tiebreakers people complain about not having enough time and if they don't do tiebreakers they complain about not being tiebreakers right so it's like i don't know it's you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't and uh I don't know. I, agree. I feel damned either way. You finished with, uh, like, especially where you, you know, we both really wish we had like tiebreakers. Uh, it sucks that you finish your uh, your runs with like a bad taste in your mouth, or like, sorry, your your qualification times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where like you said, you know, you punted a game, which obviously like we've all been there. It feels awful. Um, and then also the the no tiebreakers and things like that. Yeah. Not how I would want this to end. Yeah, it, exactly. And I don't know. I, you know, what I will say though is, and I don't, you know, I've been I've been salting out for like five minutes now. But like, um, I, I I was like I was I was happy with my deck choice. I was really happy with how I built my deck. I, I I'm really proud of how the team performed. Uh, also, quick shout out. Aether well, Lama. Yeah, so quick shout out to Team Rankstar member who made it, Aether Lama. He's been not playing as much as he used to, but, you know, he was qualified and he came back and he did really, really well. He made top 16. Uh, he did it with the same deck that GHP played, which was a, a Stone Scar mid. And uh, also a quick shout out to Shy City Shogun, uh, our patron. And, uh, you know, he was hanging out with us in the Discord the night before. And he's like, guys, like, I'm going to play Stone Scar, but I... I'm unconfident about these matchups, and so we jammed a bunch of games with him. You know, we played Huru Control or, or, or FTP or whatever, and we talked about lines, and, and uh, he changed some of his play patterns that he was doing wrong, and so he actually he actually made top 64 as well. He finished with a super strong record of 9-3 and three in the Swiss, and I think he, that was good for, like, 20th place or something like that at the time, so... Um, yeah, it was pretty yeah, good. Huge shout-out to him. Uh, if you also want to, I'm just gonna do our Patreon plug now because it, right? Stella. Yeah, right. If you, I know. If you, if you guys also want to, if you want to join me and JHP and Shy City Shogun for testing and deck discussion and all those fun things, uh, go ahead and head over to our Patreon page where you can get access to our Discord and many other sweet rewards uh, for as little as two dollars a month, uh, which is 
you know, I haven't even done the math, but pennies per day. Uh, less than a cup of co- less than one cup of coffee per month. You can join for, join our Patreon Discord, patreon.com forward slash backlash podcast. Go check that out. It's super easy to sign up, and uh, yeah, that's a, it's a great way to support the cast. We dump all that money back into the podcast. So uh, yeah, thank you so much to Shy City Shogun for being a Patreon, and congratulations. Um, so uh, I've I've ranted uh, enough for the time being. Uh, what did you bring to the ECQ, GHB? Or not, not the ECQ, I'm sorry, the, the Ranked Masters Challenge. I brought Stone Scar Midrange. I'm going to tell people the truth. <laughs> okay. Damn, that was a bad choice. Oh, really? Because everybody played Stone Scar. Yeah. And that's typically just, like, unless it, like, there's been decks in the past, for example, Temporal, which we both love, that very often the better player won the mirror. Mm-hmm. Stone Scar's mirror isn't like that. Uh, and so it felt like like you rolled the dice a lot um i know like i played the mirror seven times in the event yikes uh i was very bad at drawing that event at drawing varas and it hurt but that's the thing just something as simple as if you know um if someone sticks a vera they're going to win in the mirror um and that, that comes up with other cards too but it's little things like that that make the matchup so swingy. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's like, you know, uh, lines where, for example, am I going to play a threat or hold up my Annihilate or things like that? Yeah. That do matter. It's not like you don't make decisions. Um, but a lot of the games feel a little bit out of your control, um, which, like, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's, a, it's an aggressive style mirror. And instead of it just being who can remove everything, a lot of the games come down to someone just getting a slight tempo lead and just never relinquishing. Yeah. Like, imagine we're playing a game and um, you're on the play. So you end up with a turn two Black Hole War Leader and I played a Crest on turn one. So on my turn two, I could Annihilate Torch, play a threat, um, but regardless of my answer, you're going to have a massive amount of priority in the game. And now, like, you dictate everything. And the way I get control back, which sucks to say, is you actually just missing a... Because if I go Torch, you play Champ, you're ahead. Yeah. If I play a threat and you play Removal, you're super ahead. Yeah. And it, see- it seems it seems very swingy, right? Like, it very much depends on who's on the play and who draws more answers or threats, right? Like... Yeah. Like, one person floods it and uh, then there's cards like Flame Blast, which just suck in the mirror. Yeah. But I played uh, Stone Scar. I uh, I regret it. I think uh, my deck should have been either Huru Flyers or Huru Control, but I, I didn't have the reps in on Huru Control to be comfortable on it. But I think there was a one. Cough Cough Huru Control Cough Cough. Yeah, you told me how long we should play it, and I just like I didn't really like the deck. It's it's not a, a me deck anymore, and uh, yeah, I, I really didn't want to play it, and I didn't practice it enough. To, that when push came to shove and it was probably the choice i wasn't ready to play it yeah that that deck is not easy that deck is like hard. you can't you can't just like i i think and i tried a bunch of different iterations i must have played like over 300 games of definitely like it's yeah it's like i i played maybe not 300 but i played at least 200 games of Huru. like it's many many games um and I, I lost a lot before I found the right build. Yeah, so. like, we duoed a few games, and there were so many times where we were like, oops. And there were two people who, like, both, like, 
thoroughly love control decks just trying and it's just like yeah. you make any like little mistake and it's snowball so hard against you but if you play huru like perfectly it's super rewarding yeah i I, agree. I think i realistically what i would have liked to do is play flyers with defiances like a like a like a more controlling i don't want to say controlling but like a more um reactive flyers. yeah like no not get rid of the mirror image stuff like get rid of the, yeah. the you make it a little less powerful but give me a better match against stone scar uh that's what i think sure. i should have played i in my 12 games i played seven mirrors four practice pledge and one even xenon and that means i did not play against one player playing justice or primal which is insane yeah. when the best deck is probably Hiru. but i uh i finished like 66 i i don't think i played my best um during that event i definitely had some really tough draws but like i I didn't draw many Merchants or Highwaymans or Veros in the event, but that doesn't mean I played every game perfect, so like, I can't chalk it up to that. Uh, right. And I'm, I'm sure, like, going 7-5, and, and I had a lot of games that like ended up being really close, I'm sure either one better draw or just like a little bit of better sequencing somewhere or anything like that could have like probably put me into uh, top 64, but I decided to then miss on Breakers. So, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a like a like a life decision. Yeah. to miss on breakers. Yeah, like <sighs> you you woke up that morning and you're like, today's the day. I'm a miss on breakers. Yeah, not my fault. I yeah. I played a bunch of people who like. Yeah, I know I actually played a few people who went like nine or ten wins, and I played them with a real like what it oh. Yeah, and I'm like yeah. I it's hate myself. Like that feels so bad because if I played them where they were like eight no, I probably would have just got it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's. That's what I'm wondering too. Is like, if I, if so, I when as soon as the event started, um, I I started queuing, um, and I'm wondering like, because I finished with with an hour to spare or something, so I'm like maybe I should have just waited half an hour until there were some five O's, you know, like that's what I did. I waited. Okay. Because I waited like uh, I watched a, an episode of Scandal, then I uh, went back to then I started playing basically. Yeah, I and I think. I, I don't think it should be that way. Like, they say in the, you know, in, in all the ECQ descriptions, and even in this one, I think it's like, there there's no benefit to playing early or late or throughout, right? So, is that really the case, though? Like, are they, I mean, shouldn't they do breakers differently if it's beneficial for you to wait an hour to play your games? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really, like, toxic... Uh... And toxic might be the wrong word, but it's really not a situation I want to be in. And oh, like as when they... like as as a game developer. Yeah, as a game developer and as a player, it's just it's it's not a great feeling. Yeah. Which is it's uh, it's too bad. Like I, there's not a right answer, and I've been complaining a lot about it today. But like, there there really isn't a great way to fix all of that. Yeah. You mentioned that Stone Scar was not like you were playing a lot of Stone Scar mirrors, and that it was so swingy. Is there a way to change that? Like, if you were gonna, if you were gonna go on ladder and you expected to play a ton of like if Stone Stone Scar was still super popular, um, what would you what would you change about your deck uh, to beat the Stone Scar mirror? I looked really hard for like a mirror breaker to put in my market. Yeah, 
and it, it didn't really happen. I would like to tell you, like, Last Chance slash Dark Return because you get back Pharaohs, but the problem is everyone's playing No Blade. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're already, like, I, it's as we were to say, but we're already main deck teched against the tech. Uh, yeah. Like, I know I made a real purpose of it in my games, because I knew, for example, Sunnyvale and people with Friends of a Turtle had been playing, uh, like, one or two last chance, and I knew the a Turtle Titans list, uh, which played the Smuggler, uh, I knew they had one of the two recursion spells, I just didn't know which. So I actually made like a deal of it in my head to I should actually be trying to get a you know a big no blade hit at some yeah uh, totally just to cut off like let me cut some cards out of your hand or like possibilities or make your marketing worst um, and that's the problem is like they seem really good but so we're already ready has and I was playing Huru so it may have looked a little better I don't know how it looks in the mirror. Because uh, I haven't played a Stone Square Mirror in a while, but like Last Chance looked really good. So, and granted, this is like a little bit of a fringe situation because they had they like literally had to have the exact combination of cards. Uh, but I I lost one of the Stone Scars that I lost against. I went three one against Stone Scar in the event, um, and the one that I lost to uh, it was oh geez. So they had how did it go? They had Avara on board, and I was at twenty life. And my option was to either like hold up uh, a removal spell or slam sanctum, and play removal next turn. And I was like, well, they have Avara, and like let's assume they go like, you know, Highwayman, uh, you know, Torch. Then I'm at this much life, and so I'll be able to survive, and then kill their stuff, and I'll be fine. So uh, what actually happened was I was at twenty life. They had the Vara on board. That's a five six. And they, they play last chance to get their highwayman from the graveyard or from the void back. Uh, they play another highwayman that had been pumped by that highwayman previously. Uh, and then, so I get the double pings and then the, you know, the, um, the, two, uh, the five damage. Nine, nine power. The, the nine power plus the, so yeah, they, well, either way, they, they hit me for 17, right? And they put me in torch range, and I was like, well, don't have a torch. And then they just drew the torch next turn, or they had it in their hand, hand or something, and it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, you got me. Like, they, to be fair, like, the game had gone on, and they had eight power, and they did draw that, but, like, last chance, what I'm trying to say is last chance allows for some explosive turns. Um, or it, it has the option of just grinding, too, like, zero on turn four even if you're stuck on power you go last chance play vara like that's extremely good um because yeah. if, if you're not running you know if you're not trying to recur like i don't think last chance is very good in like scream decks um no but but if you're if you're just trying to grind like i i think it's fine i think last chance is great um especially in a more aggressive decks where you where that one power of dark return can matter quite a bit right yeah yeah so, I, yeah, I, I do think Last Chance is very good. Um, I think it has some slightly diminishing returns, and like you mentioned, Null Blade is kind of a problem for it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, but I don't think there's, like, a super, you know, slam dunk, you should play this card in order to, like, fix the mirror. Yeah, I would agree. Don't think we have that yet, sadly, but... 
Um, and another thing I wanted to ask you about Stone Scar is lately I have been when I've seen it in action, I've been kind of unimpressed with um, Black Hall War Leader. Like obviously the card is still very good, but uh, there's so many torches and so many defiances and annihilates and just like all the things that kill Black Hall War Leader in the meta right now. Um, like, don't you think that that card should be shaved down, or do you think that it's still uh, an auto-include in the deck right now? Well, I think you need to play, I think around eight two drops is like a good threshold, sure. but there are some other really good ones. The two that come to mind are Ripknife Assassin. Oh, yeah. And one that people don't talk about enough is Fenris. Is that the one that draws you a card, or is that the one that, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It draws you a card, then deals one it's... damage to your opponent for each curse on them, correct? Yeah, and it deals three to you when you're out. It's not good in the mirror, uh, but it's like it's good into some other matchups. But like those are all the options you have. I don't know. I hear a lot of people discussing if they should just be playing the Rip Knife Assassin instead. Yeah. And that I'm not sure. So it... It has the same problem of, like, dying to Torch and Annihilate, obviously, but um, what it does have going for it is, like, drawing... If you're in, like, a board stall or something, like, let's say you both have a couple of Varas or, like, some Highwaymen's and you're just kind of staring at each other uh, in the mirror, like, uh, drawing a Black Hole War Leader feels pretty bad. Uh, so yeah. I can imagine that a Rip Knife Assassin, you know, you can use it on defense or you can use it as, like, a free attack slash removal spell, right? Because they either have to block and lose a unit or take two damage. Uh, and so I think that that's a really interesting idea. I, so it's way, I think Rip Knife Assassin is way better off the top. Um, I think, so one thing to keep in mind, so in the mirror, like, if you can stick a two-drop, it's very good anyways, just because you get the initiative. Uh-huh. Um, but against Huru, I'd much rather play Black Hole War Leader because you can get it out of Hailstorm range. Yeah, that's a good point. With that in mind, I think, like, if you're playing against more Huru, then I think you want War Leader over War Leader or Fenris uh, as your other uh, two drop. You're you're gonna keep playing Instigator because that's just like the what like that's the best one i think sure but yeah i think it kind of depends if you expect to see more like praxis or mirrors and stuff like that i think i want rip knife but if you're trying to plan for the controlling decks i like more yeah all great points there um yeah it seems like there are it seems like there's not necessarily a 100 percent correct way to build huru right now uh, like, yeah. like the, in the last ECQ, um, you know, when everybody was on Praxis, I think that there was, uh, you know, it's like, and this is different because Praxis Pledge, there's so many, like, there's only so many good pledge units, and you needed a certain number of pledge units because of math. Uh, so the deck kind of built itself, and it's like, all right, you're playing 80% of these cards or 90% of these cards. Here's three flex slots, right? I think Stone Scar is a lot more like you can tech that in a lot of different ways, um, and the decisions all seem kind of like kind of small, I guess. But um, you know, all, all of them seem important. Like Rip, even Rip Knife versus Black Hole War Leader is like a very, like that's a very you know that's a very important decision, and they're both very good in different matchups, right? So yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, another deck I wanted to talk about that I played this weekend is uh, Hoover Control, and we talked about it uh, a little bit. Um, but um, I was, you know, I when we were testing for the events, uh, we basically had three decks in mind. Uh, one of them was FTP. One of them was uh, Stone Scar, and the other was uh, Hoover Control. Uh, and I know that. Um, you know, we were a lot of us were kind of kind of close to playing FTP. Uh, you know, I think we had some sweet tech in the mirror, uh, or not in the mirror. It just uh, we had some we had some sweet tech cards in the deck, um, uh, and uh, I I think that we kind of just decided that that everybody uh, or that we kind of just decided that FTP was it was really good when you had reasonable draws, but there were just too many times where the deck just didn't do its thing. Um, and that's like that's how I felt. Uh, I, I correct me if I'm wrong about, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. It was uh, the clunkiness sometimes. Yeah, it, it gets a little clunky. Like it's never. I wouldn't say that it's ever like a like. Oh man, this deck is trash, or this deck feels like trash. Like it always feels okay, but sometimes it's just a little too clunky for me. Um, another thing that we threw out there too was felon control. Uh, we thought that that would be a decent, like kind of meta call for the weekend because it farms Hoover control and it's decent against stone scar but again it's just like sometimes you have these draws where you're like oh man like this deck is just clunk you know so uh we we went through all those things um you ended up on stone scar i ended up on hoover control um it felt like it had the highest ceiling for me um and right. i you know i had this i had this really good build um before when I was testing on ladder, I played a ton of games with only one Sanctum in the market, and I was running eight merchants. Um, and that build was doing super, super well, uh, but people kind of caught on to Sanctum, and it got a lot more popular. Uh, so uh, I, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's on Huru control, like, better, better grab a Visions of Austerity, or better grab my Caleb's Choice from the market. So it became a lot trickier to navigate those games, and I ended up playing a version that was... It was uh, uh, I was playing the Winchester Merchants, um, and I was just running. I think I was running three, uh, three Sanctum Main, four or one Sanctum in the market, uh, and that that did really well because you usually had your Sanctum on turn five and you could just go off. Um, I do I do really like uh, Eric ninety nine's list though, or Eric ninety ninety nine's uh, list from that that one. It's pretty similar, only. I mean, there, we'll talk about his tech decisions in a second, but. Um, you know, I was I was pretty happy with the deck. I think uh, basically, I think if you can stick uh, a Svetja Sanctum, like I think that's one of the most insane cards in in Eternal right now. Like, I, I think that card has such an insanely high power level. It's just figuring out how to you know figuring out how to uh, put cards around it that make it the best that it can be. Right, I agree. Yeah. Um, but. That is, you know, that's a that'll be a good segue into uh, Eric's deck that won the event. Um, so Eric ninety ninety nine, he's been absolutely tearing it up lately. Um, funny thing is, he's he's actually he was already qualified for Worlds before this, um, and he just, I guess he just played for bragging rights. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he was allowed and he won a PAX. Oh yeah, right on. So he came for PAX and left with the trophy. <laughs> Uh, Eric 999's <laughs> deck. Uh, he's a member of the Great Parliament, so shout out to them. Um, you should go play in their tournaments, by the way, the ECL on Sundays. 
Uh, super fun tournaments, super fast, super well run, so go check those out. Um, EternalTournaments.com um, But uh, Eric's deck is interesting because, as I mentioned before, I was running four Justice Merchants um, because I felt like uh, you know the Justice um, uh, the Justice Market cards were like very top notch, and it gave you some consistency with the Sanctums with having three in the market and one main. It gives you kind of like seven virtual copies. Um, but uh, Eric is just running four Sanctums main, which if you're not if you're running a black market, I think is absolutely the right choice. Uh, but he was running yeah. Genev Merchant and. <laughs> So four Genev Merchant and get this one Rhyme Conclave Smuggler. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen four Merchant, eight Merchant. I've seen a couple of like seven Merchant decks. I have never seen a five Merchant deck. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. So one thought that I had is like all of his cards. He's also he's also only running uh, one Palace in the black market. So that's kind of wacky to me, because I think going Sanctum into Palace is an insanely powerful thing to do, um, even if you're just making a 5-5 Berserk. Like, uh, that's, that's so crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is really fascinating. What do you think of this list overall? Um, I like a lot of things about it. Um, most notably, I really like the inclusion of uh, four copies of Clan Standard. I think... If you're gonna play a bunch of uh, Sanctum's main and you wanna play Martyr's Chains, I do think you gotta cut back on palaces, otherwise you might just get too clunky. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he is running with two Martyr's Chains, that's a good point. And yeah, I think like that's I that's why he cut, I believe, is because of the clunkiness. But I think I agree with him on that. It could get really clunky really quick. I honestly, like, I tried Martyr's Chains in uh, a lot of my builds prior. Um, I was never super into the chains in this deck. Um, I like I I, I, I I appreciate that it's like you can make a ton of tokens and then slam a chains and your opponent's like, well, I'm just gonna die. Uh, so that's cool, but it's also just it's eight it's eight mana and that's that's so much. Mana or uh, jeez, uh, it's eight power. It costs eight. You must have played eight power cards previously. <laughs> to cast this but, but you could put bullet shaper instead oh my gosh not get out of here with your bullet shapers <laughs> um but yeah like it's i just think that if we're talking about clunk uh you know clunkiness um i think martyr's change is maybe a little clunky like i'd like to see to if you're gonna shave on the the crazy wind cons i'd almost like to see uh the, the two palace in the main and the two martyr or in one martyr's chain in the in, in the market i could see that it, it is a little weird though because like I, you know he wants he has the gen of merchants um which can get everything in his market uh but if you put the chains in the market only your rhyme conclave smuggler can get it so it kind of just changes too many things I'm like thinking about it right now, and like I can see a world where it's very, very good. It, it is a lot harder to interact with as well, and it puts a lot of pressure on you know if a lot of people are running like Caleb's Choice as their relicate, uh, that it, it puts a lot of pressure on relic removal too. Yeah, that's uh, that's nice because if they go like Visions of Austerity on your Sanctum and then you slam a Martyr's Chains, they're like oh like, <laughs> oh, so I don't know. It's it's interesting, and and obviously you know Eric took down the event with it, so it must be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked Eric's build a lot. I think the biggest takeaway from this, though, 
is that if people are still playing, like, I know that sounds weird. People are still playing Wind Gods and Hero Control. I think they might be doing something wrong. <laughs> if people are playing- Like, Sanctum isn't necessarily a win con. It does win you the game. It just stalls the game to the point where you win a lot of the time, too. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, if I see someone playing Rost or Throw Warden, I'm just like, please, sir, please. Oh, jeez. I... <sighs> Throne Warden is not Fact. good right now if there are there are moments in eternal's history where throne warden has been very good now is not one of them well i mean no nope. speaking of no win cons though uh no relic weapons in this deck so that's something that that's something that um uh, that he, he did differently than my build as well, right? So uh, I was running, I think I was running two or three um, Stormhalt Knife, uh, and that card was very good for me all weekend. Uh, like, I, you know, you'd go, you'd go uh, Sanctum into Palace, and they're like, oh, harsh rule your stuff, kill your Sanctum, and you'd be like, all right, slam, uh, you know, slam a, a, a Stormhalt Knife, or... Or even even just using it against aggro to gain five life for zero, uh, that's that's also really insane. Um, or or like, there are, there are times where you stabilize against an opponent and you harsh roll their board and you just play play a knife and start attacking for five, and then you just kill the rest of their threats that they play out and you you win slowly. Um, I thought that was very good, but I guess I mean yeah, I guess the chains chains is the way to go. I gotta I, I guess I gotta try this out now because the more I'm thinking about chains, the more I'm like this is actually very good. Yeah, you just, like, you don't need to do anything when you put chains in play. And I think that's what Huru wants to do, is it wants to put its its powerful cards in play and stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the the other thing, too, is, like, you know, he's got the four main deck strategize, and uh, so if, if he doesn't want to tuck away his powerful cards, he has the Jotun Hurlers, which um, I'm... Here we go. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go on a rant about this card. I don't think that Jotun Hurlers are are that good. I think they're two of max in this deck. But he's running three, so he uh, you know he's got and he's got plenty of ways to take advantage of of you know the the half of the card that he doesn't need. So if he wants to put like a three three body in play to pump up with you know, palace or chains, then he can. But uh, if he doesn't, you know, if he needs the snowball to pop Aegis, he can tuck away the body or whatever. So I, you know, I, the strategize in there is very nice. Um, and if he's like, oh, I've got like a chains in my hand that I can't cast until, you know, for another seven turns, he can just strategize it away. So I like that quite a bit. Um, another inclusion that uh, I like a lot too that I I almost pulled the trigger on it in um, in my deck, and I think I ended up cutting it for uh, I think I was running hailstorms. I can't remember. I deleted my deck because I was salty. Uh, <laughs> But Pristine Light, uh, really, uh, you know, I, I'm really impressed with, with, with that card lately, um, even in a control deck, especially with a Sanctum in play, because if your opponent has a bunch of, of big units on the board, right, uh, you can Pristine Light, make a 3-3, and then it doesn't die to the Pristine Light. Um, and if you attacked that turn, like if you already had some tokens on the board from the Sanctum, uh, you, you can get them back after your Pristine Light and just play those out with, if you have some spare power to to use up so i think that's a really neat really neat idea um and it's it's also kind of crazy because uh that brings the total amount of sweepers to 10 like <laughs> the 10 sweeper deck like that's pretty cool it's pretty crazy yeah. do you think Huru is the best deck in the game like right now maybe i think so uh i think people are probably gonna like i wouldn't be surprised if this 
this deck got really popular, and because of that, we started seeing more Skycrag aggro um, or something like that. Because I we there are some there were some Skycrag decks that that did well this tournament as well. So seamless transition. Yeah. Hashtag segue. Um, but to, to answer your question before we do that super smooth segue, um, I do think that this deck is extremely good. I think it was, um, you know, it was, I think it was actually kind of underrated coming into the event. Like, I'm, like, I think the rest of the Huru in the top eight were all, uh, flyers, right? I think so. Let me just double check real quick. Yeah, so this is a, so, this is a Hojan deck. I'm gonna, like, continue your point briefly and there just was, say, like... There was one other Huru control deck, actually. I think... Huru was in the spot where everyone was like, I think this deck is really good. But when they played Stonescar, they had way more success with it. Uh-huh. And part of that is I think Stonescar is way easier to pilot. I think that you are correct. And so for a lot of people, especially if, like, if you're playing Huru and you're like, I don't think I'm better than most players in the mirror, you should pick a different deck. Um, because the mirrors, I think, like, a, a lot of them come down to you know, outplaying the opponent in some manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I think people, like, how do I word this? I think a lot of people just kind of shied away from it, even though we all acknowledged it was good. Yeah, and even, um, even still, uh, two, two decks, uh, two Huru control decks did make top eight. Yeah, Huru performed incredibly in the top 64, and according to the stats, I believe it was 25% of the field were Stone Scar and one made top eight. Yep. And then I I don't know there was nine I think Huru control and like five flyers and I two and two made the top eight. Like that those are good ratios. Yeah. Oh man. Uh continuing the salt train here, uh Wenteros is Oh here we go. <laughs> it's it's not bad. Like Wenteros is another opponent that I played in the Swiss. So it just it just feels so bad because like I, I I saw multiple opponents that I that I played uh, like, I, I lost to Wenteros, or no, no, wait, I think I won it, I think I beat Wenteros, honestly. I don't know, it's, I, I don't remember, but, um, I, you know, the multiple opponents that I played against that made top eight, uh, and one of them even had the same record as me, so it's just, just feels bad. Um, but yeah, continue. So, you brought up Skycrag. Yes. What do you think, like, we hear, I hear people saying the Skycrag is good to hear but and we know Skycrag, uh, we know some of our people made top 64, and I know it did okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find a, trying to find it right now. Do you think Skycrag is on the menu? Um, so here's here's a Skycrag list uh, that I think is, is really nice right now. Um, so I do think I do think Skycrag is on the menu. I've always been a proponent of Skycrag in the sense that um, Skycrag has a much higher it's got a pretty low skill floor but it's also got a much higher skill ceiling um than a lot of people give it credit for uh it's not just you know player units in a space there's a lot of like you're usually never like sprinting across the finish line it's usually a bit more of a marathon than people think so it's really because you get card advantage from all your cards in a lot of really subtle ways um, some not more, some not so subtle. Like ornate katana obviously pumps your creature and gives you a card. But, but like, you know, but like, um, um, uh, where are we here? The the new card. Oh, Sensari Dervish, for example. Like, uh, you you know you can't uh, you can't just slam that card and attack with it. Like you got to figure out when 
the perfect time to use the twist ability is to exhaust an enemy unit. I think it's a very good deck. I think that you need to be more skilled with it than a lot of people are to do well with it. Um, yes. But it did get it got some big tools from from this new set, right? So it got Sensari Dervish, which is very very good. It's uh, I believe it's a three drop, um, and it's a three two yeah. with charge. And it has the text of pay two and twist Sensari Dervish uh, to exhaust an enemy unit. So it's good on three, just as a three two with charge. Like I, that's a playable card. Um, I mean, it's arguably a playable card, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but on five or on the turn after you play it, uh, it can become a four one with charge that exhausts an enemy unit. Uh, and if you have a dusk raider on the board and you draw Sensari Dervish, it's a three two with charge and berserk. Uh, so that's. Like, it's just, the ceiling on that card is very, very high. Um, there was another, I saw some people playing, what's, the, do you, do you remember the name of the, the new, the new card? It's a, I think it's like four cost, and it's a, it's a weapon that deals two damage and draws you a fire sigil or something like that. Caleb's Persuader. Yeah, I saw some people playing Caleb's Persuader. That card has potential. That's very yeah. good. Also, not, not the least of these cards that I mentioned, Ice Bolts. Uh, just playing a couple of those in your deck to remove a blocker, like, you play an Ice Bolt, kill a big unit, like a Sandstorm Titan or something, uh, which previously, outside of Ankle Cutter plus something else, this, this deck had no way of dealing with, right? So, uh, it gives you some extra interaction there. So yeah, you play an Ice Bolt, they get a power, you don't care because, uh, you're, you're just gonna beat them down and kill them. So, Ice Bolt's very good in this deck. Uh, yeah, I think... I think that there's Skycard got a lot of new tools, and I think that there was a time where a lot of people were playing Skycrag, and a lot of people hate that deck. So I think a lot of people are just not thinking about it. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely on the menu. What do you think about Skycrag? Yeah, I I think the best way to describe Skycrag, and it, Arcano has kind of gotten the same thing, but I think Skycrag's much better than Arcano. And that's that people yeah. look at the... People... Uh, We'll get the deck and they go, like, this is the new player deck. That means I should just play my Stone Scare. But Skycrag's really good. And I, I actually think the hardest part of that deck right now, besides, like, it's not easy to play in my opinion, is actually building it. Because the deck has gotten so many good tools over time that now it's it's no longer about, hey, let's put the... Let's play our Oni Ronins and our Pyro Knights and our whatever. Because maybe you shouldn't even play Oni Ronin. Maybe you should go bigger. Yeah. Or... Maybe you should just buy other good cards. And that's the thing. There's so many good cards between what market to play, uh, to how you build your curve, etc. To our... Wait, we don't have insignias. Um, <laughs> like, there, the deck has so many good options now. It's just about getting it right. And now, of course, there's things like, hey, people are playing Veros and Highwaymen. Fine, but you're also playing Aegis units and stuff like you have lots of counterpointed things, and your removal is excellent. Yeah, and that's that's I think that's the biggest thing is like the removal and the way the tools that it got to get blockers out of the way is so good. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, I I agree. I think I think that a lot of people looked to be on. Let me go back to this deck here. I was looking for more, but it looks like the two or three skycracks that made the top sixty four actually were playing. Um, looks like they were playing pretty much the exact same eighty cards. Uh, um, for like you know they they're all they're all playing the new uh, they're all playing Oni Patrol. 
Um, they're all playing, uh, you know, the Sensari Dervishes the, and, and two Ice Bolts. So all the lists look really similar. Um, Were they a team? I wonder. I don't know. I haven't. I didn't know the players. I'm just, yeah, same here. Uh, so one of them was uh, uh, J one ninety X's deck. I played him a couple times on ladder, um, but I like I don't you know I don't recognize any of the names off the top of my head. Um, I know that a couple of um, I know a couple of more well known players like Ahorn Delphine were like they they made a Skycrag deck that got popular on Eternal Warcry. And I think that this deck is really similar. Um, yeah. Prob- so I, I don't think that they found the cor- like the one hundred percent correct build. Um, yeah, like I'm just I'm looking at like four ornate katanas, and I'm like, and four uh, uh, shogun scepters, and I'm like, those cards are both very good, but ooh, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's I don't know. I'm curious to see where this deck goes from here. Um, it could have just been a flash in the pan because a lot of people were on you know bigger decks or whatever. But um, I yeah I I have definitely uh, definitely made my own Skycrag list, so uh, I'll be working on that and tinkering with it over the next few days. I've played Skycrag recently, and like when the deck is doing its thing, because sometimes it just doesn't uh-huh. do. Things. When it does its thing, it has honestly felt like one of the better decks. Like it's it's just felt powerful, but then you draw then you start playing the game on turn three sometimes yeah and that's that's the thing is i feel like there's probably a way to build the deck in a in such a fashion that you can mitigate those those slow draws like maybe maybe you play a version with um uh, Eclipse Streak. Yeah, with like with like a bigger Skycrag. Yeah, with Eclipse Streak, or uh, you could play like a Pump Spell version with Sensari Brigand. Um, yeah, like there's a ton of ways to build it so that you go like either a little bit bigger, or you just build your deck for consistency. Um, and I'm curious to see where where this deck goes from here. Uh, I, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Okay. I think there will be at least in. I know we haven't talked about it yet. I think there will be at least two copies of Skycrack Aggro in the ECQ showdown. I, you know, that sounds like a. That, that's not even that bold, man. I think. I think that's. No. I think that. I'm cheating. Oh. But oh. Okay. There's there's one guy who, who qualified for the event who I've never heard of, who played Skycrack twice. Oh, is it the um. Uh... Uh, is it the guy? Is it the guy that's made uh, like top sixteen of the ECQ twice with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I've never heard the guy. Apparently, he's never spoken on like a Discord channel. Yeah. Like a public. One. I remember. And he's just top sixteen with Skycrack twice, and I'm like, if you show up with like who could draw, I'm just gonna call you a traitor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'll be okay if you show up on on like Stone Scar, but but no control deck. Um, well, I think. I, I remember giving him a nod in one of my articles uh, on Team Rankstar, yeah. like it, 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 like a long time ago, because I, I noticed that too. I was like, wait a second, like this deck and this pilot look very familiar. And then I was like, oh, sure enough, like he made a top eight and he made a top sixteen. So, um, yeah. So that's I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then I know that there's a couple of a uh, couple of the 
Um, you know, a couple of players that are really into Skycrag that have made the top 32. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, N. Roush was on uh, Skycrag. I know that he uh, he was a proponent of that in the past. Yep. Uh, and we have Paradox. Oh, yeah. Paradox is who... a big aggro fan. So I can be honest. No, for most events, I know days in advance what Paradox is going to play, and he knows what I'm going to play. Like, we, we talk about things. I don't have a clue what he's playing. <laughs> I, there's only one person in the top 32 besides like besides me who I am like communicating with about decks and that's Jets. Oh yeah. Um, so paradox though is like if you're some if you're gonna write a predictions article what people are gonna bring and you write something besides paradox will be the beatdown. <laughs> I'll be surprised. Yeah. Like so I I think paradox will be on Stone Scar Praxis or Skycrag but like he could easily be on Skycrag. Yeah. Um. I haven't decided my deck, but I've been a big component of just aggro decks in general uh, in the past. Oh. At Skycrag, like, I do have an ETS top 8 with it, played it a bunch, like, I, realistically, and like, I, I've, I've played the deck recently, like, it's good, um, and I, I could see myself playing that deck, I don't mind admitting it, uh, at least, like, either in the showdown or sometime soon, like, that deck, I could see, I could see more than two showing up. I could see a team like SPG going, wow, this deck's actually good. Let's figure out how to build it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's three or four SPG guys in this event who just show up with it. Well, and that's... So, I I will make a prediction of my own. I'm going to guess that uh, if Paradox is on Stonescar, I'm going to guess that it's going to be a lot different than the deck he... Like, he's not just going to run back a list that he played last week or a similar list like i think he'll either bring like a, a very teched out version of stone scar or um or or he will be playing something else like i don't think he'll be playing stone scar i okay when did when do we actually release the podcast um when because we... decklists are due thursday night and we will have public decklists on friday so i want to make sure i don't say anything yeah, we'll release it on... We'll probably release on Thursday night. Okay. Uh, it's normally Thursday night. We're fine. Uh, I think the people who are going to play Stonescar should drop the curve. Oh. For this event. Like, and maybe put in like some Oni Ronins and stuff? I think you should play Bandic. Yeah, sure. Like, I think it's... I think what's going to happen this weekend is the Huru Control players are going to move a little bit away from Hailstorm. Uh, I think people are going to be a bit disrespectful on this one. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, but I think we're going to see a little bit more... Um, I think, who you know, people going, who is going to be popular? And if I were to play Huru, maybe I don't want too many dead cards. Yeah. And uh, I think if you're going to play a deck that is the beatdown, I think you really need to be the beatdown. If you're playing Skycrack, you should play Oni Ronins and Pyro Knights and maybe only patrols like you want to cast a one drop on one every game oh yeah uh and i i like maybe you play the deck you know 16 one drops champions dust raiders 12 interaction spells vadius marchant sorry chaos persuader boom you have 50 cards you know like you know what i'm wondering too is like what if somebody took a skycrag deck and just uh, and they, what could they take out? Like they could shave uh, like a chunk, a couple chunk chunks. 
maybe shave yep. some ornate katanas and just splash uh shadow for one for like for four bandit queens and just play oh, like man. just play like 16 one drops people have done it uh it in the past it's been like it's you're right there should be playing like it, the general consensus has been you should be playing one or the other and i realize we're describing the deck called haunted highway yeah yeah plus one drops yeah exactly right but um the general consensus has been like what people have tried to do that is i should probably just play stone scar with like rallies yeah uh which i probably shouldn't mention that one on camera but uh because that deck probably is good right if you're gonna if you assume everyone's just gonna stop playing hamster yeah, just 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 play 2019 <laughs> just, burn queen well you show up okay there's like probably 24 good one drops in stone Scar. sure like you have okay. You have Pyronite, Oni Ronin, Ruthless Strange if you want, Knife Jack. There's more, right? Uh, I mean, Oni Patrol, Grenadin Drone, I guess. And Grenadin Drone. That's twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, you play like some torches. You play uh, either Spiteful Strike or Rapid Shot. You play a little bit of interaction, some rallies, some assembly lines, and some queens, and probably not even a market. <laughs> yeah, four flame blasts, ship it. I don't know if you play Flyby. Like, if you play a Merchant, you play one. So maybe the you play a Merchant, you play, like, X2 Merchant with Rally, Queen, Warhelm, yeah. Flame Blast, like, Combust or something. So something I will say about Flame Blast is, like, I think it's gonna... I don't think it's gonna show up this weekend, because I think it's way too easy to play around. Um, especially, like... Like Hoover Control, like they're they've started running like they don't run Seek Power or or like Seek Seek Answers or anything like that. Like they're running uh, Islands Choice Islands. Daily just for the base ages, and they're running four Cobalt Waystones. And I've like some people are running counter spells. Like it's I I don't think I don't think uh, that um, Flame Blast is going to be good this weekend. And I think you should probably play either some other Burn spells or uh something else just something else i think maybe just one of the market two would be fine uh but i yeah i, I, I think don't think it's boss is getting worse for... yeah exactly uh i think if i was like maybe playing like stone sky mid i probably wouldn't be playing you know the grand total four right I don't know how many I'd play, but I don't think I'd play four right now uh, you know and i could see i could see going uh you know like like the one-one split between me and Mark. Sometimes it is like a super nice top deck, but I yeah I think that we need to rethink the four of flame blasts because um, that card is also like uh it's you know it's really it takes a lot of mana to like if you're gonna it's clunky yeah exactly it it can be just like a random removal spell sometimes and that's nice but yeah it's like you have to you have to tap out on your turn for it uh, or you know use all your power or whatever so yeah the problem with flame blast. Is the best flame blast is the one you don't cast. Yeah, yeah, right. Because because you want it, you like, want to cast, or you want to play more power to make it bigger, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, aggressive decks are probably pretty good right now. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see if, like, I think if because I if I was gonna play if I was gonna play in the points challenge this weekend, which I, I'm not. Um, but if I was... I'll make you proud. Yeah, please. Please do. I will be rooting for you, because, like, I, I am out of contention for Worlds, so I, I am definitely just going to watch the event this weekend and, and cheer for you pretty pretty loudly. My wife will get very mad at me. But uh, if, <laughs> like, if I was going to play uh, 
uh, in the challenge this weekend, like I'd probably play Hoover Control and just have Hailstorms in there because, um, you know, I would change some things that I did uh, last week, but uh, like I think Hailstorm is probably going to be good this weekend. And, and you know, I, I I've been wrong about like I feel like I've been wrong about these things uh, almost as much as I've been right about these things. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I I think Hailstorm is probably going to be pretty pretty good this weekend. We'll see. Um, but there are some other decks I wanted to look at here. Uh, just a really, really spicy one, uh, to kind of finish up this, this segment here. Uh, what do you think about these even-handed golem decks that showed up this weekend? I think the, so even-handed golem decks, the general way I've looked at them is if you are playing against decks with fast spells, like a lot of them, uh, I don't like them, but against the decks that kind of lack, like, like kind of just want to play their turn and then you play your turn uh, uh -huh. the decks are like usually doing things as powerful or more powerful than you and even had the golem itself is busted uh, so like right now the primary even deck is zenith uh-huh and i think that deck is like probably tier two like it has good matchups it's a pile of good cards it happens to have a combo kill yeah, well, and that's like so. That's what's appealing to me about the deck. Um, you don't have merchants, so it's less. It's less consistent. But so, I mean, it's, yeah. but not that much less consistent because you're drawing a million cards. Like, you're drawing a yeah. bunch of cards, and that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I like. The, but what I'm saying is, I, I like that. Um, uh, it just randomly has an uh, oh, uh, I win the game button, right? Uh, it takes a little bit more setup than that, but you, it's a three-card combo. Or, or you could just run Catra and and the Quill Beast and make your board really, really big and start attacking. Like that's pretty good too. I have a question. Okay. So, the weirdest thing I can't believe I'm gonna say this because the reason when we got Catra and Life Force, well, people were like, these decks are great against like mid-range decks. It's just like horrible into harsh rule. Right. Am I crazy when I say I think Catra is actually a good right now? Uh, no, I think Catra is a great card. Like, like you have Amber Waystone, so like you can get the you can make it so Catra doesn't ever get torched. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I see that card, and I have so many games where whatever I'm playing, I'm like, I'm fine, except I can't beat Catra. Yeah. Uh, sure. And I'm not playing a harsh rule deck, obviously. Um. And so, I just wonder, like, the even decks, they, they're they playing a bunch of dumb good cards. Like, Catra's really powerful. Memory Dredger is terrifying. I really wonder, like, what are holding these cards back in general? And I know Harsh was good against Catra, so, like, okay, I, I see the problem. And, like, maybe there's uh, other cards you can play in certain matchups, too, to help against Harsh. So, from my, but, from my perspective on that, I think it's... I think, yeah, you could put Katra out of Torch range with, like, Amber Waystone or whatever, but I also, I think that you're putting her out of Torch range, but then you're dying to the second most popular spell, which is... Vanquish. Yeah, which actually, te yep. technically, uh, uh, well, according to, uh, you know, this, this top eight, the top 25 spells, it was Torch, uh, and then the second most popular is Ice Bolt, but, but still, oh. no, it was Ice Bolt, actually, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Um, and this um, this is just the top eight too. But. The most popular removal was an it was torch and annihilate when you know you in the top sixty four just because twenty five percent of the field was stone scar. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I think that it 
it's really hard in those in Xenon colors, it's really hard to protect your units against uh, more general removal besides Torch. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's there's so many decks, like, even the, the Huru Flyers decks are just running 4x Vanquish. Um, so, I, I just think it's hard to get your units to stick. Um, I tinker around with that combo a lot when it first, when we first got access to it. And I was trying to build a deck that was more, like, like toolboxy and controlling and just won the game after you ground your opponent out. But it's also hard because the combo is taking up 12 slots in your deck. So it's you know, it's 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 tough. Um Yeah, two of them kinda suck. Yeah, exactly. Like like Quill Beast and the what's the other one? The stained honor. The twist guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the both the stained horror, I think. Yeah. Both of them are pretty bad um they're shitty yeah like when i so when the combo first came out like it's actually kind of like a serious deck now like the even-handed xenon combo with katra is like that's a real deck um and you know you it's definitely possible to lose that deck but when when the combo first came out like people just weren't prepared for it and so they were like oh right now i have to like i have to play around that now and now that people know about it it's like all right like it's kind of it's still good it's just more of a more meme now than it, than it was but yeah i think i think there's too much there's just too much removal in the meta and uh it's just not it's not doing quite as powerful of things as like Huru control or stone scar uh so i don't know it, yeah even under golem like I, I i get the point of the card but there's some decks that like just still just outdraw you yeah totally and that's the word it's like you can do all this and then like a theoretical world, like you're against Genev, and they're like, you have even-handed guns. By the way, we're part of the vault. Play howling. Like, yeah. they're just, they're doing bigger, better things. We're part of the vault. Copy heart of the vault with howling peak. Do heart of the vault things Win. again. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, and it's if you can't, because I think the thing with the even-handed golem deck too is that you. A lot of your units are like really are really moby um, without Katra or without you know backing them up with removal or whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's you really really have to get, you know land a Katra or something to to get things to go well. Uh, another another cool deck that uh, came up in the tournament that was played by Isomorphic is uh, Even Hour. Um, Isomorphic, not Isochron. <laughs> Uh, but even-handed Golendek in the Felm colors, uh, and uh, playing Witching Hour as well. So Witching, <laughs> oh my god, uh, yes. So Witching Hour. This is really funny because I'm pretty sure that every turn you have a Golem in your hand, you have to do some sort of math. So, uh, so Witching Hour because it says when you play a non-power card, reduce the cost of uh, the Witching Hour by one. So. Uh, Every time you play a card, uh, it switches from odd to even or vice versa, right? Uh, so you have to look in your void and go, okay, I've played this many non-power cards. Witching Hour costs so, this much, so it's like I'll play something besides even handed golem this turn. You have to use your big brain oh. uh, when you play the deck. Okay. And what you should do is you should do the math. Well, like, yeah, I would, I, I would honestly just be tracking it. Like, I haven't played the deck yet. Oh, like just, just but... keep like a little notepad with like some tally marks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just like 
stop try if you draw an even hand to go on per turn and you have to go count you screwed up yeah, yeah, yeah. no you're like right. this is not something that should be on your mind ever um and I know there's a, a Reddit post that starts like, Hey, I'm playing 4D chess because their hand is like 2 power, 4 even-handed golem, and a witching arrow. And I went, oh, you just drew the nuts. But you're making a meme. But really, just count. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this... So, this deck is super sweet. Um, it's, yes. It's playing... It plays 10 the flock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that instantly makes it sweet. Um, but yeah, it's playing a bunch of like kind of disruptive uh you know kill spells and some really solid units like vara even-handed golem um and uh it's playing uh haunting screams uh obviously no merchants or anything like that it's playing playing lightning storms which i think is that's that's actually a really cool thing to put in your in your even-handed decks yeah i think that's a viable thing it's not like that's a bad card it's just an underpoint yeah well there's yeah there i think there's technically better options um in you know yeah, for, for like a for like a damage based sweeper but yeah lightning lightning storm is very good um uh but yeah it's, it's playing two scouting parties two uh two ten the flock or four ten the flocks oh jesus um and then uh so yeah a whole ton of spells um and uh uh it's playing also like uh what i like about this is it's playing four devour as well so um so you can go like you can go tend the flock just for devour fodder um yeah it's playing dark wisp which is the two drop that it's a one one that says uh in tomb draw a card um so that's again synergy with devour and what as far as i can tell what you're looking to do is uh is you're just looking to like stall on the board and then eventually slam a witching hour and take over the game or multiple witching hours right um the deck also yeah jeez oh the deck is also running three rereads and uh two royal decrees in the main uh and then i, I think i mentioned the two scouting parties already like yeah yowza like this deck is spicy like i haven't taken this deck for a spin yet but it's the more i'm looking at it, the more i'm like all right like i i can get down on this yeah it's it was just a powerful deck that's all it is it's just a powerful deck that says there's a start there's a threshold of time where i cast enough witching hours that i win the game yeah exactly well and if you go like witching hour into witching hour and both of them are zero cost and you're also doing other things like yeah that's insane <sighs> um yeah so these this deck is really sweet um go and try that out uh you can find it on eternal Warcry. uh even hour by isomorphic he also has a little he also has a little guide that i think is funny it's it's it says uh guide to drawing two cards and it just gives you some tips on on playing so that's cool um, it's tips on how to count yeah it, exactly sorry um so yeah the isomorphic went 10 and 2 with this in the ranked challenge so that's pretty solid um yeah uh something funny yeah is the boxer who for those of you who don't know much about him he's a math student um and so he posted like a formula on his twitter about this and it's literally just you put a number in and it changes the sign you know or it changes you know if it's even or odd that's it like it's it's not really him doing anything special but it's just like hey people feel like they need to do formulas for this or something so if, i'm just gonna leave this here if witching hour costs zero then every card is the identity function yeah that is a uh, that is some math nerd shit right there <laughs> yep uh, anyway uh i like i like math too actually who am, I to, who am I to judge? 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so any other decks you want to talk about before we kind of move into wrapping up our show here? Um, I, I'd talk about what I want to play in the, uh, the, the points of it, but that seems risky. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, this, this deck will probably air, or this, uh, this deck, this, this podcast will air probably after the lists are submitted, but whatever. Yeah, let's do in 23 hours from now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. I think the I think the things to talk about right now is is Sadidi still busted? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, just curious. I um, I think so, right? Okay. Like I I think that uh, if you're running a proactive deck, uh, like a bigger a bigger version of Huru or or even Combray, Combray you, seems good right now, right? Like yeah, if you're playing Justice that cares anything about being on the board, you should play for Sadidi. Um, um, I mean, something something we could work on before the uh, before the, the challenge too is um, uh, we could work on a Combray Alessi deck, right? Just play play, yes. play Alessi Pearl Abbey Smuggler, uh, play Defiances and just play a bunch of spells. Play some things that make your units good. Maybe maybe throw in like a Teacher of Humility and a Student, and then just top Enforce a Yeah, Enforce a Didi, and that's perfect, right? Some stand Thanks, stand togethers like this deck builds itself really right like sounds like I'm going to worlds right yeah sounds like you're going to worlds uh, I mean I, I, that's the point I really hope so I want you to go like I am living vicariously through you at this point I want you to go to worlds <laughs> uh, man yeah. like I I one thing to mention for those who like aren't aware our deck quests are due on Thursday uh, is, for this is event Wednesday. yeah um our deck was due on Thursday, and we're getting like tournament accounts. Uh, probably them testing it for worlds. But the thing is, the event is on Sunday. I and like we get our we get all the deck lists on Friday, but I would rather us get our deck list Saturday night and like actually get to submit like Saturday night. Like our prep time has been really limited. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to play boring decks, especially coming out of the top 100 challenge. Um, yeah, like that's if you played in that and are also playing in the top 32, like that's just that's a grind, man. Because I, I know for me at least, like I prepared extremely hard for the top 100 challenge. Um, yeah, and so I can only imagine like I I prepared just as hard the following week for for the uh, for the easy points, right? So. Right, yeah, like, and we were so limited on time, which sucks. Yeah. Um, which I, it's definitely affected my decks. I've we I've put a bunch of like deck ideas and stuff in team chats. We're like, we don't have time to like test everything fully. Yeah, yeah. Which which sucks, but I um. I hope this goes well. For those of you who don't know, I th- most of the I think all teams, like the major teams, have someone going to worlds. Friends of Eternal has a few. SPG has two. BT has people. SPG. Who's the second from SPG? So there's Toadie and <sighs> Trumpets. Trumpets. He came second in the ECQ that uh, Darkest Hour what? I'm pretty sure he's on SPG. Oh, um, right, yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't. So at least they have one, right? I, I, uh, they they have it, they at least have Tony G, which by the way, like if it's you and Tony G in the world's finals, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I don't know I don't know who I'm gonna root for. 
I don't care who you're. Or I'll put him down. <laughs> oh, Let's put geez. it this way. Toadie was on a team with me. Like we were part of a team together before. Like I was on TRS. Yeah. Uh, and I, Tony, wanted to start playing tournaments. So I sat down with him and taught him how to sideboard. Like this is when yes, the sideboard. Oh yeah. And then he won his first tournament. So I get to take some credit for Tony G. And if I have to deal with Tony in the finals, I will put him down. Or maybe maybe uh, the student has surpassed the teacher. Who knows? You never know. Yeah. Uh, but but for real, so, Tony Tony is like in my in my interactions with Tony though he's like just the the nicest guy and I love Tony. He's also very smart and I love his podcast by the way, Seek Power Podcast. If you're itching for another podcast, that's definitely one of the best out there. Uh, yeah, and one thing to note, so let's, I don't know who is going to qualify for Worlds, you know, to this week, but of, if Worlds was just the 15 people we have right now, Tony would be the favorite, no question in my mind. Uh, yeah, well, and Manus too, I think, um... Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Manus is definitely in the upper echelon there. Um, who, who else, uh... Darkest is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Darkest Hour. is pretty good. Like, he's on TRS, so we have some bias. Yep. Uh, well, he is... So, I, I, I've been enjoying conversations with him quite a bit. Like, he's he's very smart and has a lot of great things to say. Yeah. He's... For those who've, like, never gotten to talk or work with him, he's a very good ideas guy. Uh, and that's really useful for, like... We have a lot of people who are good at refining decks, but having someone pitch ideas you didn't think of is really important. Well, and that's that's one reason that I miss like Aether Lama hasn't been super active lately. I think he's just been busy with work. Come back! I know, like come back. Like he would every like at least once a week or like every few days, he'd just sling a deck into the Discord channel, be like, "Hey, this is pretty good," and we'd all try and be like, "Oh shit, this is really good." Like, and also you're crazy, but this is great. So yeah, he yeah. he's a brewer, and that's really awesome. Um, so I miss him. And if you're listening, Aether Lama, please come back. We love you. There's a lot of really good players qualify for Worlds, including people we didn't name. Um, and I'm sure, like, some of the more unknown players in the field, like, I'm sure they're going to work their asses off and try to prove a point, too. Uh, yeah. Like, if I was one of the players, uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm guilty of saying this, where I feel like sometimes, like, a, and I quote, a nobody won, so you just had no idea who they were. And, like, a lot of people really wanted this Worlds to be stacked with, like, you know, the Tony G's of the world. Yeah. Uh, and we got quite a few, don't get me wrong. But if I was one of those people, I would have this massive chip on my shoulder because I feel like people are going to disrespect me. Oh, sure. Uh, and I would, like, I, I I, know, like, if I win, people are going to, like, they'll know who I am going. So I don't entirely know how they're going to feel. But I, I can't see myself, like, resting until I felt like I broke it. Um, but for the, the points challenge this weekend, I just want to talk about how stacked this field is. So Extremely so. Okay. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but just the names of people off the top of my head. I'm in. So I'm, I'm, we're going to lower the standards right away. But besides that, we've got Overmaster, Paradox, Jez, Kamado. Oh, wait, is Paradox qualified uh, for Worlds? No, he's qualified for the points event. Oh, oh, you're talking about the, the points event. Oh, yeah. I've not qualified yet either. Oh, right. Sorry, uh, I obviously wasn't listening to you. Clearly, G go uh, on. Who else? We got Enrosh, um, Sunnyvale. Um, 
I believe, isomorphic. Uh-huh. And there's, like, quite a few others. So, like, this is, in my opinion, and this might be bold because it's between this and the ETS, like, challenge. These are probably the two most stacked fields Eternals had. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, these, there's so many good players in these. And even the people you don't really know, like, they... To qualify for one of these, like, it was a lot of work. It was, like, you need a lot of points to get in. Yeah. And, um, so with that, like, everyone's pretty good who's in this event, and it's going to be really exciting, but it's also going to be very weird, where you're not going to feel like you can be better than your opponent all the time, <laughs> where it's like, everyone's really good, so yeah. I just need, like, I need to be on the right deck, and I need to be very good at that. Well, and that's why it kind of kills me that it's like single elimination, right? So that you you submit a deck and it's a bracket and it's it's all it's one and done and you're out, right? Yeah, yeah. it's you you go five and zero oh and you make it. Everything else you're done. Yeah, that's um, oh, man, that's so intense. It sucks. Yeah, uh, I'm really mad. This is a single limb event, but here's the thing, and despite how mad I am about this being single elimination. And despite the fact that I know what certain players are on or looking to be on in this event, I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna win it. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna 5 0. My deck's probably gonna be trash, and I'm gonna regret it come like Saturday night. But I'm gonna win this event. I'm going to Worlds. Well, uh, I, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Notorious GHP is going to Worlds. Which yeah, is, like, which is oh, great, because uh, he needs to win prize money to pay our, uh, to pay our hosting fees. <laughs> Yeah, so I can order taco. Yeah, mostly so he can get tacos just flown in to Newfoundland, helicoptered <laughs> in from Toronto. That's so bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but maybe you could do it. Maybe, maybe you could do it once. You win. Let's say you win fifty thousand dollars, because I'm sure I'm sure that first place will win like forty or fifty, right? That's what I think it's gonna be. Yeah. It's a hundred thousand pool. First is no fifty percent. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, so you win $50,000, maybe you spend $1,000 just flying in Taco Bell one time. I mean, realistically, if I was like, you're going to do something like that, I actually what I'd do is I'd probably finally organize a time to meet Overmaster. Oh, yeah. British, he, he's very close to me, like, area-wise. It's, you know, he's from here, but it's like two-hour flight. Oh, yeah. But, uh... I'm pretty sure he has access to Taco Bell, so like two Tight. birds, one stone. Two birds with one stone. Um, but in, like, I, I've only met one person in the community. I met up with RNG last summer uh, when I was in Toronto, oh, cool. and that was awesome. Uh, yeah, we went out to like, we went out and got supper. It was cool. Um, or dinner for Americans. I, we uh, all know what supper is. Yeah, but I've been saying since you know since. Well, since Worlds was like, they announced things, that I was going to Worlds. And then I found out I couldn't play the first ECQ. Because I wasn't older. Because you were a child. Yeah, I was literally a child. Uh, so, you know what? You could make up the whole story about, hey, I had a disadvantage. I had, you know, less events to earn points in, but that doesn't matter. What matters is I need to put up or shut up this week. That's so, extremely true. That's that's a good way to look at it. Like, doesn't matter. So, it doesn't matter what the format is. You just need to do it. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna run hot. If my deck has heard the vaults, I'm gonna warp a bunch of heard the vaults. Yep. If my deck has Odie Rodents, I'm gonna play about Sir what, and I promise these won't be the same deck. 
If, oh god. <laughs> you, you know, like, if I'm playing Smash your Sanctum, I'm gonna protect those Sanctums and I'm gonna, gonna knock you down with them. I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah, no questions about it. I'm number 16. Alright, well, you heard it here first, guys. Uh, we are running pretty long, though, so let's let's wrap it up. Um, let's go for it. Yeah, so shout out, shout out to everybody who's qualified. Shout out to the people in the points challenge. I'm sorry, you're all gonna get destroyed by Notorious GHP. Um... Thank you guys all for listening. You can, you can sleep in. Yeah, you can sleep in. You can just miss your first round. Uh, um, shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. Uh, really, really appreciate it. If you want to support the show a little bit farther, farther we already mentioned our Patreon. Uh, you heard about our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash backlash podcast, uh, where you can support us for uh, as little as $2 a month, which is less than a cup of coffee. Uh, and I'm sure that you all have a cup of coffee every day some of you uh and a shout out to our already uh patron so she uh shy city shogun uh he is pretty active in our discord we chat with him a whole bunch he is a really great guy also a fellow father uh, he's got a little four-year-old and it's it's really adorable great player really great great mindset really great attitude uh, but he's been hanging out with us and we helped him build a deck and test for the uh the uh, ranked masters challenge um, and he did really well. He went 9-3 and three and f- finished in top 64, so congrats to him. But shout out to him. He's pledged $5 a month. He's one of the sponsors for our show. And also uh, check out inkedgaming.com, the sponsor for Team Rankstar, where you can play your game your way, TM. But it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you use the code TRS12 at checkout to get uh, 12% off your order. They have playmats and sleeves and custom t-shirts and hoodies and all sorts of stuff. So go check them out. They're super cool, especially if you play Paper Magic. Um, and lastly, TeamRankStar.com. Go check it out for some, uh, you know, daily uh, fresh contents written by some really excellent uh, players in the community, including myself and Notorious GHP. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and um, yeah, we'll see you next week after Notorious GHP is qualified for Worlds. That will be a very special episode. Oh my goodness. We'll have like a party, a vocal party. Yeah. I'll maybe sing. Okay, you know what you should do? Points challenge, win that, go to Worlds win some money, fly to Portland, we'll have a Team Rankstar meetup, and we can do a live podcast with all of Team Rankstar. Not all of Team Rankstar, but, like, all the Portland Team Rankstar people. We cut ourselves off enough. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, We'd need, like, a pole that you, like, if you're holding the pole, or I guess a stick. A talking a stick. A talking stick, yeah, right. It's true. If you win Worlds, I will carve a, a special talking stick for TRS. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know what I'd do if I won Worlds. I don't, I mean... So let's cry a bit. Yeah, you, I'd, I'd probably cry for you. Uh, we all would cry, let's be honest. You'd probably pay your student loans? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any. Long story. Oh, yeah, well, I was thinking about, uh, I, I was thinking about what I'd do with $50,000 if I won $50,000. I'm like, I have no idea. I'd probably quit my job, because I don't really like working in restaurants that much, but, you know, that's what I'm good at, so... Uh, anyway, we're rambling now. Thank you guys so much, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Alright, my friend, good cast. Alright, alright, alright. Okay, okay, even if I'm not. Okay, people question if I got what it takes. I'm like, I'll take, I'll take.